Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit. Whatever the frick that means. Hello, Alex Harbin. Welcome back. How are you? I appreciate your modification of our tagline because here at What the Fit, at What the Fit, whatever it is that you feel comfortable doing, you got to live your truth. And I appreciate that. Whatever the frick that means is your truth, and that is my <laughs> truth for you too. I so appreciate you coming back and being on. It's so good to see you through a screen. I'm excited to be here. Here, right. is, are we here? Is this a somewhere? I, like, what is this new virtual space that we're living in? But I, I will say that it's great, right, that we have this technology, and that oh, yeah. I can see you in your home. I'm in my home. Right. We can have a conversation. It's much more interactive than if it were just a phone call and we can't see each other. But there is absolutely some like the exchange of human energy is not the same. I agree. Even though yeah. I can see your I can see your body language, I can see your facial expression, but there is something about when you're having a conversation with another human across the table that there is this exchange and that's yeah that the energy that in the right room now. is yeah. shaped right i mean yeah. I, even even right now i don't know where to look like do i look like I right now do you feel like i'm looking at you or do you <laughs> feel like i'm looking at you now <laughs> i don't know i, I don't it's know hard. what to do it's so ridiculous I'm, I'm trying to really really practice um just looking at the person i'm talking to right like so ignoring my, my the side of my screen and right. i haven't taken this yet but i think that um what I could try doing is like covering up my, I'm going to try it with you. I'm going to cover up me on the screen, okay. like with another, uh, I'm going to use an Excel document. Actually, that's what I'm going to yeah. do. Okay. And I'm going to see if it makes a difference in like my own engagement or yeah, okay, yeah, there yeah. I'm gone. All I can see is you. Okay, cool. So here we are. I'll so we're going to run through. You're going to, what are you going to use? I'm going to use are a post-it note. Oh, perfect. There you go. Cover, cover me up. up perfect. 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 So we're going to run through the intro, just like we do with every other episode of the podcast. Same three questions. Alex is a trainer, co-owner of Iron Sharpens Iron. It's a fitness studio over in Oakley. Um, you probably know him best with his other half. John. But he's not on today. John. No, I'm going to say it. Andriaco. You got, you nailed it. I know it. it. I've only, I've only on. been practicing since September. So <laughs> that was great. He's going to Go be back. really happy. <laughs> I hope he listens. Go back, listen to uh, the Iron Sharpens Iron episode. It was honestly, it was one of the most fun podcasts I have ever recorded. We had tequila shots. We had whiskey shots. We had snacks for days. Like that was actually the perfect quarantine situation. Probably. It really was. We got to hang oh. out too. You let us hang out with the, you had the, uh, the guest host. We oh. got to be there for that. So that's right. You was fun. the live, the live audience as, as Emily Morgan and I recorded, but yeah, fun stuff. It was great. Okay. So Alex, what's been your favorite workout in quarantine? So, so I have two can I can I give you two? One's traditional, one's sure. like a non-traditional. So my traditional sure, favorite. You can do whatever you want. Um, I and and this is uh, it was very uncomfortable for me to film myself working out, but it's what I've had to do in yeah. re, in light of recent events. But I, I did a workout on my front porch on a really beautiful day. I did like oh, I all these like using my steps. I was like jumping down my sidewalk. Um, and really it was just, it was a lot of fun to do that. Mm -hmm. And people were driving by and kind of like 
what the heck is that dude doing? Um, but <laughs> sure. you know, it's COVID, right? So like yeah. <laughs> all the rules are off and, uh, there are no rules. And my, my, my non-traditional workout has really just been getting into the yard and doing yard work. And like today I was digging out a trench, uh, trying to help uh, my mother-in-law get some water away from her house. And I was swinging mm. axes and shoveling and swinging pickaxes. And my heart rate was probably at 185. Um, yeah, that's such a hard workout. Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And it was like doing that was something that was, it was therapeutic. I was... I was engaged physically. I was having to use my mind in a way that I don't traditionally have to use it. So um, really like between those two, those are my two most favorite workouts. It's like purposeful. Like you have, there's an outcome at the end. Like you are absolutely, you can see the progress that you made. It's very satisfying and rewarding, I can imagine. Oh yeah, 100%. I I was thinking about during this time while the gym shut down, just starting a landscaping business and seeing (laughs) who was interested. So if you're interested, hit me up. I don't have any I'm tools, sure. so I have to use yeah. yours. But uh, yeah, you just let us know. Me and John will show up and we'll do whatever you need us to do. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, that is brilliant, actually. This is the time we were just talking about before, like pivoting our business plans. And mm-hmm. that's brilliant because now's the time, right? People want to get their yards together. You yeah. guys are two fit, hunky dudes. Come out, work in the yard. And you're like, hey, and also, if you want to stand six feet away, I can lead you through a hit workout too. As exactly, I'm yeah. <laughs> digging the garden or whatever. It's like CrossFit yeah. in the yard or something. I don't know. I don't know what yes. it's like. But it's, yes, yeah. yes. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Okay, well, if anyone hears this, you can't steal it. So it's his idea. Yeah. Copyright it. Hit me up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my favorite workout is... So one of the advantages of this kind of current crisis that we're in um, is that when it comes to recording the podcast, because I don't have to think about booking studio time or people arguably don't really have a lot going on right now. So these means are free. So I can record like we're recording now on the Tuesday. The podcast will come out on Friday. So I had this ability to make it like very current, whereas before maybe we'd have to record like a week prior because of scheduling or whatever. So I've, I've had so many workouts since the last time I recorded that it's, it's really difficult for me to just pick one, but I think Mm -hmm. I'm going to use this opportunity to kind of talk about the, the, the new workout routine that I've fallen into since the COVID crisis. I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah. And it was, this been a hard adjustment for me because working out, going to fitness studios is like a part of my social routine. And I always went to group fitness for the reason to see other people, to get the energy from other people, the motivation. I don't have to plan the workout. Like it's a boundary setter of like, that's where I'm going. I'm not thinking about anything else. I can totally turn off my brain. It's much more difficult to go to my living room and I mean, it's impossible to get that same effect. There's just, yeah, there's just no way that I can. So it was, it was hard for me to begin with of like, how do I find this kind of new routine? But I have found a new routine and I'm, I'm as humans that we are, right. We adapt and, and we come around to it. So I'm doing probably yoga like three times a week and I'm doing it through either Sage Yoga Hot does like virtual Zoom classes. I've been doing those. Um, but also I've been doing some system of strength 
digital library, their ebb and flow. So they have a digital library, which we kind of were talking about before is like maybe something that you guys are looking into. Um, They have a free 30 day trial. So I've been trying to take advantage of that because my 30 days will be up here in probably about a week or so. Uh, But I've been doing, so I've been yoga there and yoga is, I've done it now. What are we in? Three, three weeks, two weeks, whatever it is, three weeks. I think we're in week four. Week four. Yeah. I don't even know. But now I'm like, my brain is like, okay, you go to the living room. I put my computer down at the same place. I got my yoga blocks. Like I face the same way. Like, okay, now this is, this is my yoga studio now. So I'm like used to, I'm used to that piece. Um, I'll do like one other class format of theirs, like a high and tight or uh, like a control, like a lifting one. But I've been doing a lot of park workouts. So just taking my shit like down to the park and I live right by um Zeigler Park in OTR and yeah. they have like a tr- like a track around pretty much like a walking path so I've been doing like probably two of those outside a week which is like a mix of like strength and cardio and that gets me really going especially if there are other people that come and we stay like a safe social distance and they do the work like maybe their own workout or the same workout that I'm doing but just like yeah. having people like around, around in general yes. it just helps me push i wouldn't i wouldn't do this i would stop you know i made this made this observation of like uh social networking was supposed to bring us together and i would argue that it almost took us apart the social distancing is supposed to keep us apart and i feel like it's in a weird way like driving us closer to one another we yeah you know and i think it's the most american thing ever to like you tell us what we can't do and we're gonna figure out a way to do something that's close to that right so (laughs) like you said like going to a park and like these are all things that like we've all had the ability to do prior to this for sure for sure this is this is really forcing us to to do some some new things and i mean that's i mean kind of leading into like what what we'll talk about next but i mean that's that's kind of what's really been the silver lining if there is one of what's going on right now yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know it's it's so it's really funny to see like there are so many people working out outside now, which I, I I get it. Like a lot of people might not have the space in their home, or now the weather's turning. We want to get outside; it's good for us. But it's like everywhere I look, I'm like it's like I'm at a gym everywhere. It's like everywhere is an outdoor gym, which is That's which great. is pretty cool to see. But and That's I think really people, dope. at least like what I've seen, like people are doing a good job of of staying apart you know it's not like they're yes. huddled in groups or they're not close together um the parks are big enough at least you know where i've seen that it seems to be okay and good and yeah right which is nice and i'm just trying to figure out like how do i ra- it, rather than go up to everyone individually and freak them out i want like do i bring a megaphone out and be like do you know about this podcast called what the fit <laughs> if you well, like working out you know what i need it, at the beach you know they have the airplanes yeah, the, that the fly. airplane flies across yes how much does that cost those people <laughs> are much, probably looking for work right now how much could those cost I, you might get a code discount what, you never know i'm gonna walk through washington park with a megaphone and be like if you're into fitness listen to this podcast Just i'm like how can i turn this playing. into I know. Yeah. Bring your Bluetooth speaker and start bumping that thing while you're working you're out. Right. You're right. If anyone has any ideas of how I can use this as a marketing ploy or marketing strategy, now that every I'm seeing all of these people work out, if you are into fitness, you could be into this podcast. I don't know, but and then I'm I'm doing some run walks, and I do at least 
I think Alex, I think I'm averaging at least three walks a day at this point. That's, um, that's impressive. I get one. I got to talk myself into it. My wife, if we got to get the baby ready. We got to get the stroller. Like it's, right, it's, it's a just production. not that easy. Yeah. It's a production and it's fun. Once I'm out there, I'm like, okay, we are, we decided to walk. We're going to walk for 12 miles because we yeah. got out of the house. We're going to do this. And so we're just like, at any moment, we're like, should we turn around? Should we start heading back towards our home? Because the further we get out, we got to walk that back, right? That's so, true. Yeah, that's true. That's impressive. No, I've just, I've just, yeah, I've been walking my legs off for sure. But yeah, so that that's kind of my new my new routine. Now now that I've I've kind of caught up on I'm current to like where we're recording. I think I'll have I'll definitely be able to pick a favorite going forward. But I just had I've honestly I've had so many great ones, virtual ones, right. park ones, like. My husband Ryan will like make up a Tabata workout for us to do in the house. So I'm doing that, awesome. you know, it's just like, and it's, yeah, it's been great. I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit further, like the little thing that I want to talk about, but you go first. Yeah. What's the the fitness wellness thing, random, whatever it is that you want to talk about. What do you want to talk the, about? So I think, I think right now, you know, and it's definitely in fitness, but we're seeing it everywhere. It's just this, this forced innovation. Um, yeah. you know, people having, having to pivot, like we said earlier, like, you know, we got the message that we were shut down. I, it was like a Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. We had a meeting on Wednesday. We were, we were in our gym. We turned our gym into a recording film recording studio by Friday. Yeah. And we were putting out videos on YouTube, um, over the weekend and we had lights. Yeah, we awesome. had, uh, we had Michael Malay, uh, from Rooted. Um, came oh, in yeah. and he's consulted with best. us. So sh yeah, shout out to him. Uh, one of my good friends is a photographer. He's a client of mine, Ian Pasco. He's in there. John's putting out fire uh, boxing content. <laughs> like we're learning, we're learning audio visual. We're learning lighting. You know, it's it's just been this really kind of interesting, unique way to, you know, you talk about fitness. Fitness is about adapting yep. and, and adapting to the situation. So you know, it's just been really cool to see all of my fellow fitness gym owners and trainers and instructors figuring out how to deliver uh, a quality product to their clients that are that are looking to them for guidance and leadership right now. So that's that's yeah. really my favorite thing going on right now. No, I I, I called it out a, a couple of weeks ago of like I'm just so I was just so blown away and so impressed by everyone's like genius, like business minded techniques and strategies that like within a couple days you turned your business model like on its head yeah and i think mean, it's, it's such a testament of like people you know yeah we come to, to get a good workout we come to forget about our problems or we come to sweat whatever it is and yeah you guys know about the body and you know about getting your heart rates up and all these things nutrition and i'm like but you're also what i think a lot of people forget you're running a business right like there's this whole other side that we don't see a lot of the time, which I think this was a perfect chance for that to shine through. Like you guys are fucking brilliant. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's either you're going to let it happen to you or you're going to, you know, react, you're going to react yeah. to what's going on. And man, it's like, I think studio S created like a whole life. I mean, it was, it was just incredible just I know. sitting there and being like, wow, you guys are amazing and nothing really, really nothing's going to stop us. From, yeah. from doing what we love to do. You can't be fired from your calling is what I always say. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. That's so great. That's so awesome. So the, the thing that I wanted to talk about is in relation to kind of, you know, my, my new routine. And it's really, it was just like a call out for me 
to recognize some patterns at play that I have. So with this transition to working out at home and I don't have my old studios and that routine, I was like, okay, well, I have to make sure I'm doing enough. Right. Or like how, or like, I want to, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm getting the stress relief that I want. And I, I, I found really early on, okay, maybe I don't like enjoy this workout in the moment, but I feel so, so much better after. And I knew that that's not, that's not new to me. I had that association, but because of that, and because of this, like, okay, this disrupted routine. And because now I have a yoga class, I have a hit class, I have whatever at my fingertips at any time. I, I don't have to travel anywhere. I can get up, like I can do it. I had this realization yesterday as my body was in like agony. And I feel like I've been sore for since we got into quarantine that I haven't <laughs> taken, I haven't taken a day off. And I've, I like overlooked overtraining. Like, and that's all of this of like, like just, my body's doing new exercises that it has. I'm going to be really great at like just a fucking push up and just a squat and yes. just a lunge. By the time that's pretty much all we got. If we're yeah, trying to right. create body weight right. workouts, that's pretty much all we got for you. Right, right. I'm like, we're going to master these movements for sure, which is which is great. But it was just this realization of like, okay, I'm. It was just necessarily a bad thing that I'm using exercise to like move this negative energy out or like release this stress. That's great. Okay. Yeah. I'm going on tons of walks so I can get out of my house and it's a beautiful day and I get enjoyment from that. But also like I need to rest too. And I've never been good at that. This is like a reoccurring theme for me, but I think, and then I would also be on Instagram and you see everyone on a live stream, everyone posting a workout and it's like, I I gotta do it. I I know. I can't tip my messages. I can't do anything because it's like, such and such started a live video. Such and such. I know, and then I accidentally video. join the live video, <laughs> yes, and then and I feel like there. A fool, and I have to like get out really quick, or then I feel guilty, so I like send a hard eyes, and then I get out really quick. I'm like, what is the etiquette of I'm like? Can we turn off the people up popping up going live? Something, something has to it's change. It's becoming really problematic for me. Yeah, it is. Right. Yeah, I think you know. I think the hard th- part right now about resting is that like. You know, there's so many things to think about that we don't want to think about. Um, So part of resting is like, am I going to start going down? You know, some of us, not maybe not everyone does this, but am I going to start going down this this rabbit hole of like, what ifs and what's next? So I think there's a level of like, hey, I got to say moving to kind of be distracted and also get off of energy. But also like we have to start being really intentional about what what is rest? Yep. And what do we do? We can still do things while resting. Yep. And it sure. might not be watching TV. It might be a puzzle. It might be catching a book. It might be cooking, right? Like, don't yep. just eat the snack, the COVID snacks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, get in there and cook a new recipe. Try that out. You know, there's different yeah. things I think we can do to rest our bodies that will kind of give us a re- restoration on the other side. Right, right. No, I like that. The I just be in, intentional about about rest, which I, yeah. I think is something I want to take. I, I, it was, I was sitting on my couch yesterday. My hip flexors were so tight and in so much like agonizing pain. I was like, walk. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like what your body should not feel this way. You know, <laughs> like, it's like, you're not- in, uh, it's like, it's like you're in, I don't know if you ever had like a preseason in a sport, but like, for me, yes. I kind of feel like I did when I was like in football camp. 
Like, yes, I'm doing these, you know, most of the time when I lead workouts, I'm not doing the workout. So now I'm videotaping myself working out. Yep. And I have to go right. hard because it's going to be on video. So right, like, right. I'm really just crushing myself inside of like 10 to 15 minute workouts. And I kind of feel, you know, i kind of feel like I did when I was in college and I was, you know, training and, and going after it like that, but I'm with you, you know, like I'm not in college anymore. I'm 35. Yeah. Right. And you know, I My need to, I need to lean into that. A little. I'm not, I'm not old, but I'm the oldest I've yeah. ever been. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. No, I didn't. So yeah, after last night, I was like, all right, tomorrow, you know, I went on walks. Like I, I've already been on two walks today, which if that is what that's it down is. Down from but your quota of three, which is nice. Three, I think I'm gonna nice. go. I think I'm gonna go after we are done recording, though. I need, I want to do go a little it. nighttime a nighttime stroll. But I was like, I'm not gonna do anything. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna lift. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna do yoga because the, yeah. I feel like. The yogas I've been doing, even those have been challenging. And I'm like, what is it about? It seems so much like easy, not easier, but I feel maybe so much more capable when I'm at a studio or a gym. Like I think right. it's the energy from other people. It's the music. It's, yeah, a little it's bit whatever. Of adrenaline. Yeah. So I'm just like all these, but also I might feel like I'm dragging because I need to take a fucking break. I need to take a rest. So I just yeah. wanted to say, I just wanted, I wanted to call that out for my own pattern recognition and kind of thoughts going forward. And if anyone else needs to hear, if anyone else is in that spot of feeling like, Oh, I just need to be keep, I need to keep doing this workout or I, I don't want to lose my strength or I don't want to do like, it's a, we can take a break, take a break. Yeah. You know, I was I so, this, and I was so, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Yeah. I saw this thing where it's like, if you don't come out of this with like a new skill or something, <sighs> and it was just kind of like, you know, I got this no. sentiment. But it's like maybe not. Maybe no. Maybe gonna, there's I, people that have that have the skill they need. They've been going 110 percent for the past 12 years, and maybe they just need to chillax right now. I know just, absolutely. We get into this conversation with the guests coming up. We really dive into this of like, you there's there you don't have to learn any lesson. You don't have no. to learn a new skill. You don't have to write a masterpiece. You don't have to do anything. If you do, if you do those things and it comes naturally and it's a great revelation, uh, great for you. But if that's not happening, that's absolutely fine too. Exactly. It's like, well, yeah. We gotta, we gotta. Any way we can put Everything pressure has to be on an ourselves. Yeah. Any way we <laughs> can like put just... pressure on ourselves, or any way we can like say that we're not doing something enough, we find a way. Exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. That's... Yeah, that's the work for us, though. That's the work in it right now is to wherever it is that you are, be where you are, feel what you're feeling. Exactly. Which yeah, suppression is never suppression has never made anyone feel better. Yeah, no, right. Like, no, just feel not. it, own it, work through it, think through it. And, you know, and, and then share your stories. I think like even yeah. how you just did, sharing that story out loud, putting it out there, they you just never know who's listening. You never know who needed to hear that. And I think what you just talked about is going to bring a lot of people, a lot of freedom. And that's great. Yeah. I just saw, um, Caitlin Bolt Lovett, a friend of mine, a life nourish on Instagram. She just posted this to her story and it was like a fake permission slip. And it said like, you have permission to rest or to stop mm. doing or to not be productive. And I was like, well, that's what I've always wanted. Thank you for that permission slip. And it's like, we don't, we think that we we need this permission, but it's like we can give ourselves that permission too. Yeah, you have the authority. You have it right, already. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I think yeah. but like you said, it is helpful hearing other people sharing other people's stories. 
And I, I know that I would like to hear that right at a time right now too, of like, it's okay. You don't have to join that live Instagram live workout that's happening don't, right now. You, you don't, don't have, have to watch to my you videos. Might, you might you accidentally to. do it, but you have to stay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Alex, wild card. Let's do it. Do you, do you think Carol Baskin killed her husband? Yeah. Carol Baskin, she is, she is the talk of the town right now. And it's hard for me to be like, yeah, she's a murderer. I don't know if she's a murderer, but I would say that she has a really solid situation. And mm-hmm. you're right, like she has a really good opportunity. I watch a lot of Dateline, okay? So okay. when I'm looking at her life, I'm looking at the situation, I'm looking at the way that she could dispose of a body. Like it's plausible. Like mm-hmm. it's you know, it would be hard to argue against it. Let's just say that. But I'm not gonna come out and say she's a murderer. But if she right. was one, she's got a good situation for it. I know, but the thing I'm thinking is if if she's so smart, which I think she is, yeah, she why was... would you yeah, why would you agree to do this? this documentary knowing that it's going to, maybe I guess you didn't know that they would, they would take this angle, but it's like, if I killed my husband, I wouldn't then want to like open up my life again to like be on television where like a lot of people could, could, could find out about it. So I watch like I a lot of the stuff about like the mindset of these types of people. And there's like a level of like ego where they, they kind of want to be like, in the open they want to kind of flex oh. kind of like a weird flex but okay right Definitely. like so like You're right. it's hard for it's hard for you and i like i'm sure there's something in me that could lead me to wanting to you know defend my family or something along those lines but it's hard for you and i and in, in this current mindset to really fully relate to someone that yes. may do that, right? So like, yes. we, we're always- I cannot we're trying, put myself yeah. in those parts. Yeah, you're right, like, We're trying you're to run it through our lens and our logic and our worldview. Our rational like, brain that would never yeah. do this. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. so if you make it an illogical, you're like, yeah, exactly. Like a person that fed her husband to a tiger would 100% want to be on Netflix. You're right. All the time, you're right? right? You're so right. yeah, that's, but again, we're, we're, we're just all, these are all hypothetical, scenarios where i'm not going to be subpoenaed to court for this so no 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 i just think it's i wanted to ask the question i wanted to bring this up because it is a it is a covid19 cultural phenomenon that's happening right now and we need to contribute to the conversation in some way i I have to i'm I'm loving all the memes i'm loving uh, have you are you are you so are you tiktoking are you watching tiktoks so i haven't made one but I downloaded the app. I'm watching them. There's this no. uh, Megan the Stallion routine that people are doing. So okay. it's called like Savage. Someone okay. someone dressed up like Joe Exotic and made one called Carol Baskin. And it oh is the God. best thing I've seen on Instagram in a long time. Uh, it's really funny. If you get a chance to check it out, I think it was on Barstool Sports. Oh my uh, God. So I, if you get a chance to check it out, you got to check it out. But I'm loving and all if, the memes and the entertainment that's coming out of it. it. It is highly entertaining. And if there's anyone listening that doesn't know what we're talking about or has not yet watched Tiger King on Netflix, you must. Do yourself like, a you, favor. You don't have a choice. And don't no, be don't. one of those people that are like, I'm not going to watch it because everyone's talking about. This is not the time. 
you have to watch it. Have to. How about he? <laughs> people to. voted for him. He was in an election and got a, yes, a, a percentage. How many was it? Eighteen percent. No, of yeah, the vote it wasn't for, small. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it was small, something but it was really like... significant. Where I'm like, what the heck is going on? Where people are, I don't know. I know. Again, and when I first, they didn't saw... watch the Netflix documentary first. No, no, no. And I first saw all of the height you know initially everyone talking about it i did have that thought of like uh is it worth it is it worth it it is worth it <laughs> it's worth i can't even overhype it, is, it. i no, you can't overhype this this documentary it's just but and i'm like why aren't we talking about doc antle's sex cult the like, cult what, and what? <laughs> and like how joe was so, kind of like this little junior doc Antle, but like in his own weird joe exotic way i'm like how it's, did we, they just gloss over that like we need a the spin-offs a, opportunities spin -off. right? yeah the oh spin-off opportunities are incredible I, I heard they're releasing another episode um i don't know the context or the content of the episode but they're releasing another tiger king episode soon that's give the, which, the people what they want give them this what podcast they want. is just going to turn into one of those podcasts that just like talks about a tv i'm just going to turn it into tiger king talking about well, tiger king i'm going to have experts right and analytics on <laughs> oh my god it's too funny alex thank you so much for your time i appreciate you so much thank you this was great i love we'll just connecting with people all right i know it's good my guest today teaches simple evidence-based techniques for mental well-being. She combines her master's level education in public health with graduate training in positive psychology and mind-body modalities. And I'll add her unique ability to hold a welcoming space for everyone to teach individuals and groups techniques for optimal well-being. She's worked with professional athletic teams like the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns corporations, families, and veterans, and her mission is to make these incredibly important techniques simple and applicable for life right now. Please welcome Meriden McGraw of Meriden Mental Wellbeing. Ooh. Hi, Mer. Hi, Chrissy. So good to be here with you. You're in a closet. <laughs> I'm in a closet. I forgot to mention oh. that too. <laughs> Your closet is We're so much cuter than mine. Yeah, it is pretty cute. I just got it recently done um, by a closet professional named Anthony Buchanan. Yeah. So um, up for hire as soon as we're allowed to enter one another's homes. I will be hiring him. He did like a full, we took everything yeah. out and I just gave him creative freedom. And he like totally transformed like how I have my clothes organized, where I put my accessories, like everything about it. Love. And at first I was like, well, like that's how I chose to do it but then I was like no it's so much better like you just did it that's I mean guess why you have people that come and they, people other people can see your stuff differently than you can see your own stuff yeah and we have a big space in here this is like a big closet it's just not organized so yeah I need him yeah yeah it was great well thank you so much for being here glad to be here thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs> I know most people famously know you as part of the Quidwell dynamic duo but you've been doing this like pretty amazing mindfulness work for a while now. And I want this to be like totally focused on, on that part and that part in that business that you have separate kind of from Quidwell, which I think most people don't know. But that's what they relate to you, right? Do you agree? I agree totally, especially in this space. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of my colleagues through corporate mindfulness have no idea about Quidwell. So it just depends on who I'm talking to. Oh, interesting. But You're like, a, like live like a, like a, 
double Yeah, life. not on purpose, but I do, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started this, I mean, probably six years ago. So I moved down here. Holy shit. Yeah. I, so this is before Quidwell, obviously. Yeah, before Quidwell. So I yeah. was doing it. I had a full-time job at a health foundation, which I moved down here for. And mm-hmm. I was doing this on the side because it really started, I was seeing just individual people and working with some different groups. And then I went to this coach's clinic through the health foundation I was working with. And it was a coach's clinic through the Marvin Lewis Foundation. So it was all high school coaches, I thought at Mm. least. And I gave a presentation on mindfulness and mindset and positive psychology and how we can use it with athletes for peak performance. I'm trained as part of this training through UC San Diego called M-Peak, M-Peak. Okay. Um, and it's all about exactly that. So how can we get into that zone? That's not burnout. That's not low stress. It's that perfect zone of peak performance. So that's super interesting. Yeah. I love it. And I love how it really relates to the nervous system and it's really technical and evidence-based. So even the most skeptical athletes can kind of get on board with it because it's not this woo-hoo yeah. thing. It's like, okay, yeah, I actually really want to perform at my best. Yeah. So my first introduction to this type of work that you were doing was at the Kroger Wellness Your Way Festival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Which we're laughing because as it often does with us, tragically comical circumstance of event, we thought you thought you were going to be presenting. We thought we were, I was going to be Beyonce on stage. Like, <laughs> Well, we thought, yeah, we, I, Ryan and I showed up and Molly showed up to the Wellness Your Way Festival to like be, yeah, to support you, to, you were having like a talk, whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, things didn't really end up going that way. We ended up in a dark room, just me, you, Molly, Ryan, and one of other festival participants. He was great. I wish he was our friend too. Totally. He was a, he was a wonderful gentleman. Um, but, you know, since we were there, we were like, okay, well, just, you know, maybe just lead us through a meditation. I think we probably had done some things in the morning, whatever. We knew we were going to be doing a bunch of workouts later in the afternoon and led us through a meditation. But you talked a little bit first about the science behind it, which I was, that, that was what really struck me. Well, one, you're like professionalism is great. And you like, obviously know what you're talking about. But I think for me, I was like, and I've heard this before, but you explained it in such like a simple, straightforward way that was like, okay, yes, like this makes me want to implement this practice in my daily life more so than when people are just like, it's good for you. Like it's part of your mental well-being. Like we should be taking care of ourselves. Meditation is this way, but it's like, well, why? why? Yeah. Right. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm going to use that clip as an endorsement on my new website. Um, there you go. Perfect. But you're right. There's a lot of evidence behind it and helping people understand how it can actually help them helps them want to make it a daily behavior. And we mm-hmm. know, which is super cool, that because of fMRIs, consistent mindfulness meditation can change up to eight parts of our brain. And the two that I... I didn't even know our brain had eight parts. Has more than that. <laughs> yep. I know nothing. <laughs> um, and the two that I think are the coolest are the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala. So the amygdala is our fight or flight, and it's actually mm-hmm. fight, flight, or freeze, which a lot of people right now because of COVID are in freeze. So if you're mm-hmm. out there and you feel like I can't be productive and you're judging yourself because you think you're lazy and you're not doing all those home projects that everyone's telling you to do, it's yeah. quite 
um, it's quite possible that you're in that freeze state. So your body. I felt that early on. I felt that early on. That's why I had to delete Instagram because I had this, like, I should be doing something and I couldn't do anything. I didn't want to do anything. Your body is just like shut down. Your nervous system is like, nope, we're not doing anything. We're shutting down. So anyway, mm-hmm. amygdala is not in charge of that. So fight or flight and sometimes freeze. And then prefrontal cortex is our computer. So it's executive functioning. It's what we really want to operate out of, um, especially when we're at work or in a professional setting. But a lot of times mm-hmm. we operate out of our amygdala because it fires first. So something happens in our life and we have an emotion, a thought, and then a physical sensation and then a behavior. And all four of those <laughs> things happen super quick. And it's called a knee-jerk reaction. And that's our amygdala. So like if Ryan, your husband came in and said something that was super annoying and you snapped at him, that's your amygdala. That happened this morning before I even got out of bed. Right, exactly. So that's yeah. your amygdala. It's your fight or flight. It's survival mode. It's not a bad thing necessarily. It's just your body trying to protect you. But what we want to do is down-regulate the amygdala, pause that reaction and access that computer. So instead of snapping at him, you say internally, that's fucking annoying but I'm actually going to respond in a very calm way because I'm going to pause and access this computer part of our brain and not the fight or flight part of my brain. Yeah. We, I need to learn how to do that. Mind- yeah. That's the, that's, that's it. it. So mindfulness will actually help you do that, which is what we're seeing in the brain scans. So when you practice consistent mindfulness practice, your amygdala will actually shrink. Your prefrontal cortex will grow. And then the pathway or the connectivity between the two will increase. So meaning your amygdala will respond or you'll be able to downregulate the amygdala more often and the amygdala will talk to the prefrontal cortex and you'll operate out of that part of your brain and they know this they can measure they can look at brain pictures they can have someone do mindfulness techniques measure the brain do mindfulness techniques measure the brain again take pictures what do they do how do they do it yeah they do brains exactly <laughs> yeah, brain <laughs> it's a picture yeah. of the brain Yes, picture of the brain. So the gray matter is what it's called around mm-hmm. that part of the brain either increases or shrinks. So the gray matter around the amygdala shrinks, meaning we're using mm-hmm. that less. We're in fight or flight yet less. Mm-hmm. And then the gray matter around the prefrontal cortex grows, meaning we're using that more. Great. Got it. And, and really kind of in layman's terms, right, we don't want to operate from this emotional response. We want to be able to like think about, okay, this actually isn't a threat. I'm not in a environment where I feel unsafe. Like I I shouldn't be reacting to my husband coming in and telling me that we can't get a new deck right now Mm -hmm. in the way I am. Yeah. We want to respond, not react. But a lot of times we're reacting, not responding. And so think of our amygdala as reacting and our prefrontal Mm -hmm. cortex as responding in a healthier way. Yeah. A a nicer, more polite, human, Mm -hmm. humane kind of way. Sure. Those are your words, not mine. But (laughs) (laughs) got it got it got it okay i have a lot of questions yeah first i think we should like what made you want to get into this yeah so i was in a okay so i my brother has asperger's Mm. so i was always interested in psychology um and he was wrongly diagnosed his entire life until basically we were in college Um, and what was he wrongly diagnosed with Uh, high-functioning ADHD, um, depression, and not that those things can't coexist with Asperger's. He was never diagnosed with that because a lot of people didn't know about it when we were growing up. It wasn't as commonly diagnosed, and there just wasn't enough information. Okay, and my knowledge of Asperger's is from a Grey's Anatomy episode. Sure. Where one one of the surgeons, 
and they and it kind of portrayed or came out as like this person was a little bit socially awkward and said what's on their mind and was very like technical and straightforward and didn't pick up on social cues but i'm sure that there's much more to it than that that's a lot of it um, okay <laughs> at least from my interactions with my brother so if i came out in a dress growing up that he thought was ugly he would tell me he'd be like you look fat yeah. you look ugly mm. whatever so you know it was, there's like no empathy no filter. yeah like a bound but yeah yeah and it's not that they don't my brother i'm speaking for him personally not that he didn't want to have empathy it just his brain didn't work that way sure like, sure makes there. sense yes so i was just always interested in human functioning and how we work and why does my brain operate differently than his or anyone else's and so yeah. i went to psychology for my undergrad um and then my plan was to get a clinical phd so i could see kids as a therapist mm. or a psychologist. Um, so I started a PhD program at Ohio State and I was just starting it. And my mom had breast cancer at the time. Mm. So I was training for the Pelotonia, which is a 100 mile bike ride for cancer research. Oh, cool. Have you heard of it? Yes, I have. Yeah, at Ohio State. So yep, I finished I like my it. first 40 mile ride in a fight with my ex-boyfriend at the time he was like i'll drive you home it's dark or dusk and i was like i'll ride you know because like, sure of course right of course <laughs> and i got I'm like i'll walk a hundred miles before i'm gonna get in a yeah. car with you after i get in a fight with you like there you're not gonna no do anything way. nice for me <laughs> i'm getting in that car <laughs> yeah for sure no i will crawl prideful to the fucking grave yeah <laughs> right um so i got hit by a car on my bike <laughs> <laughs> oh everyone remember this story for when you're in yeah. a fight with someone uh -huh. and they ask to do something for you just take Fuck, them you by a car riding your bike home yes so was in a wheelchair for three months um and prior to that like a lot of americans i was just addicted to doing and i didn't even realize it so i was just constantly doing things my schedule was packed all mm -hmm. of the time and I never had even assessed, is this what I want to be doing? It was just go, 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 because that's what my nervous system was used to. Yeah. And this literally forced me to stop. And yeah. I had no effing idea what to do with myself. I couldn't work out, which was my main source of stress release prior to that. I couldn't do all the things I was used to do. Um, I could barely go to work. And my office at the time was a padded cell from the 70s in a psychiatric unit. So quite literally. Quite literally, they hadn't renovated oh. it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when I did go to work, my boss would like wheel me up to this padded cell and I would just enter data with my non-dominant hand all day, like by myself. That sounds terrible. It was horrible. Yeah. It was bad. And, and you're in a bad place mentally? I was in a bad place mentally. I was anxious. I was depressed. And I saw an ad online for an MBSR, which is mindfulness-based stress reduction. CD. So John Kabat-Zinn is kind of like the guy for mindfulness in the States. And he brought this mind, or he created this mindfulness-based stress reduction program in the 70s um, at UMass with patients. And so I got the CD because we used CDs 12 years ago still. And mm. I like listened to it on my Walkman or something. But yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got the CD, got hooked. And really it hit me that because I was working in clinical research at the time in the psychiatric unit, mm -hmm. I was going to pay for my PhD. But anyway, it hit me the way we were seeing our patients was 
so different from how I wanted to be seen if I were in that spot. Mm. And it hit me, holy shit, there's all these mind-body practices we could be doing, which are so simple. They're breath techniques, they're mindfulness techniques that are with us all of the time. Yet no one's talking about this. No one's teaching us this. Why wasn't I taught this when I was six years old? That would have been great to know. Yeah, Um, for sure. Yeah. I I hear like people like Mandy with BND, for example, she's an account that I follow and absorb a lot of their content. And she talks about, you know, talking to her children about going to school and feeling anxious and like talking about those feelings and recognizing them for what they are. I'm like, oh my, like the amount, the anxiety that I experienced as a a child was profound, Mm -hmm. like to the point where I would like make up illnesses Mm -hmm. and would go to the hospital, like have procedures done would lie about them because I was so anxious about being in a particular setting. But I didn't know what that was. I didn't know it was anxiety. I didn't know, like there was no language. There was no talking about it. And like, if, if we just, if it just could have had a name for me, that probably would have been helpful. A thousand percent. And then beyond the stigma of when we actually have mental illness, we all have mental health. So even if, so 20% of, 20% of us will have a mental illness at some point in our life anxiety, depression, et cetera, but a hundred percent of us have mental health. So why are none of us taught how to take care of it? Yeah. It makes no sense. Right. We're taught how to go for walks or work out or move our body. The food pyramid, like what we shouldn't eat, what we shouldn't drink, what we should sleep, all those things. Right. But not how to take care of our most valuable asset, which is our brain. And of course, people always argue that and I agree that movement and nutrition, of course, are intricately linked to our mental health as well. But Absolutely. there are evidence-based practices we can do just for our mental health, just for our brain, that will also then, as a byproduct, benefit our physical health. So it's super connected. Yeah. But often the piece we're missing is talking about mental health and mental well-being. Right, right. So how did like what did that training look like? Or how did you then like switch your path? Yeah. So I dropped out of my PhD program. Um which sounds like horrible when I say it, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, yeah. Got Ended up getting a master's in public health because I became obsessed with how we can help um, look at mental well-being from a public health perspective. So prevention, promotion, how can we all be taking care of this? So when a crisis comes up like this, we're ready. There's a John Kabat-Zinn quote. We're not ready. Right. There's a- <laughs> we're not ready. (laughs) I know. And that's why I'm hoping. So there's a John Kabat-Zinn quote that says, you better start building the parachute before you need it. And right now we need the parachute and a lot of people aren't ready. And that's okay because there's things we can do to support those people, of course. And also let's start getting ready for the next diversity. Like let's start getting ready. Let's start building the next parachute. And that's the thing is like, because it will come. Maybe it's not in the form of a global pandemic. Maybe it doesn't affect everyone that you know, but there'll be adversity in your own life or things that you're going to have to handle. Even if you haven't had a difficult life, like up to this point, you likely what you're like, something's going to happen. A thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. And and you, you talked to me about this before about like the majority of people have experienced trauma, some kind of trauma, you know, trauma can look different to everyone, but that there's something that's created this response in your body and like held in your body to then now, yes. Okay. We're, we're getting emails. Someone talks to us, someone says something and that response is triggered. 
Yeah. It triggers your sympathetic nervous system. And if your sympathetic nervous system is overactive, so if you've experienced a lot of trauma, your sympathetic nervous system is overactive. That's your fight or flight response, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. And if you're experiencing trauma, sympathetic nervous system is overactive and then a trigger comes, it could be a small trigger. Like you said, it could be a snarky email from a coworker. Oh, yeah. That triggers all this past trauma if we haven't dealt with it. That yeah. nervous system's overstimulated, right? And so it's easy for the nervous system then to react in that way. I see it coming up for me a lot when there's this sense of I have to rush. Mm-hmm. That I ha- that there are like a million, that is like my the number, number one thing. Mm. that like if it's before going on a trip if it's before a podcast recording if whatever it is and I have this sense of like oh my god I have a million things to do and I have to like do them very quickly and I'm just like set off and before I thought it was when it came to traveling like oh I'm just not planning far enough advance of what I need to do or I'm not taking into account that it's going to take me this long to pack my suitcase and this long for me to shower and this long you know I, I kind of like was putting this blame on me and then I saw something on Instagram somewhere that was like, when you, when there's this feeling that you need to rush for something that's not, there's no deadline for, like that is a, a trauma response mm-hmm. being triggered. Yeah. And I, was like, 100%. I, thought- I mean, just, just before we started recording this podcast, I was, you know, we're texting. I'm like, I'm frantic. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there, there's truly no reason for me to be frantic. Like, And it was just like, and before any recording, I mean, I'm not, it's not to say that I'm like, nervous, but I'm thinking like, okay, now that we're virtual, what is this? Is the technology going to work? Is like, could something go wrong? Am I feeling on enough? Is the other person feeling on? You know, there's a million things I'm thinking about. So there's this, there's this underlying anxiety, but just then it comes out so much of like, oh, I'm rushing. Oh my God, I have all this to do. And then I'm just a disaster. So stress isn't bad. And our fight or flight system is actually amazing. It was created 3,000 years ago to save us from lions that were chasing us, right? So we needed that. And today we still do need it. Hopefully Mm -hmm. if the car is coming at you, your fight or flight system will work. You can jump out of the way. So it will save you in a life or the situation. The problem is now we're just using it too much. We're constantly Mm -hmm. in that. But to your point, Chris, your body body doesn't know the difference between a lion chasing you and getting nervous for a podcast. It reacts the same way. It goes into survival mechanism because that's the way we've trained it to respond. Mm -hmm. Your brain then has to say, hey, this isn't actually a lion chasing me. Let me do some grounding techniques. Let me do some breath techniques. Let me calm down my nervous system and tell my body we're actually safe. It is okay. And that will help calm you down overall. But we have to tell the body that otherwise it will respond to anything like it's a lion, like it's a life or death situation. Right, right. So what did your your training look like for you to arrive at yeah. these techniques or learn these techniques and the knowledge that you have? So I started public health masters and then I just did like a two hundred hour yoga teacher training. And then mm. um from there I got really interested in mindfulness. So I've done the full MBSR teacher training um through the University of San Diego. Then I got a grad certificate in positive psychology, um, and then I've done some deeper dives into teacher trainings around pranayama, which are breath techniques specifically, mm-hmm. and then different lineages of meditation. So mindfulness meditation is one form of meditation. Um, so I did some training on different kinds of meditation. And then now I'm continuing my MBSR um, teacher training to get the final level of certification, which has taken me five years to do. 
It's really intense. It requires mm. at least two five-day silent retreats a year. Um, two five-day silent retreats a year. So it's a total of 10 days of silence. Yeah. And you've done, you, you've done just one or more than one? No, I've done a few now. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Wait, tell us about that experience. What's that like? So I'm like an, I'm an extrovert. Like this yeah. quarantine is hard on me. I no, it is difficult for us. Check in on your extrovert friends. Check in on them. Yes. Yes. And I will say I have cheated on some of the silent retreats I have. How do you cheat? Well, like I've called my husband. Oh, um, that is for sure cheating. I thought maybe you just like talked out loud, like we said, like if you're asking if you still have yeah. your voice, but this I is know. full on. You called someone to talk. Yeah, I'm being honest. I did. Um, but I've also not cheated on someone. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I think it definitely depends on the mental state you're in too. So I definitely would not recommend a silent retreat for anyone who's experiencing high levels of anxiety or depression because you're just sitting with that for five mm -hmm. days. And if you don't know how to sit with that appropriately, it can be a, probably pretty damaging. A thousand percent. Yeah. And so like a lot of my teachers require to even go on the retreat, you have to sit at least 30 minutes to 60 minutes a day by yourself. So you have to have a consistent practice for mm -hmm. at least a year, two years, et cetera. Um, but even if you are in acute state of anxiety and you have a practice, it can just be upsetting. But I, I haven't had a bad experience with it. I think every time I go, the first day or two sucks because I'm not used to it. What does it feel like? Like what does suck mean? Um, good question. So it feels like the exact same way it probably feels right now for a lot of people having to slow down. We're not mm. used to it. We're used to going, 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 going. And then someone's asking you to completely stop. And it feels like this shock, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So opposite of what we're used to doing. Yeah. And so it's just disruptive. Yeah. Did you take any comfort? I'm thinking of myself in that situation. And I feel like I could go to this place where like, Hey, this is a thing that I'm I'm doing. I've chosen to do. I'm showing up, and my brain only goes to, automatically will go to how can I be the best at this silent retreat? Mm. So, like, I'm gonna take comfort in this. Like, <laughs> let me perform really well here, aka be silent. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I, like that's like the comfortable place that I that I would go to. Did you have any of that experience, or were you just like, this is not pleasant? No. So I am competitive. I get that. I want to come back to that in a second. Yeah. But the first few days are just difficult because you're not used to it. But then when yeah. I got past that hump every single time, I love it because mm. it just becomes like this. You don't have to talk to anyone. There's no pressure to engage. Yeah. You be by yourself. You're and just by yourself. It, it just helps you slow down. Like yeah. those five days for me sometimes feel like a year because you're moving so slow. You're doing so little. You're just mm -hmm. being. Yeah. Were, the ones that you went on, were you doing like yoga walks? Did it have any? Yeah. Like it's typically like a similar schedule. So you wake up early, you do a seated meditation, you have breakfast. There's teachers that will talk. So they'll lead a Dharma talk. Um, you'll go for a walking meditation. You'll do some movement. But back to your point about competition. So the mo the mindful movement we do at these retreats isn't like the hot yoga you take. Yeah. Right. And right. one of my teachers always says, notice when your competitive mind starts to come out, especially in the mindful movement portion, mm. because we'll start to say, oh, I'm stiff today, or I'm lazy, or oh, mm -hmm. I want to move faster. I want to mm -hmm. get into this. 
and just start to watch that competitive mind, like experiment with it, be curious. Like, why am I so competitive about this? Can I share? Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. So, okay. So that's part of the training. Um, what else? That's what, that's what we were talking about before we got on the silent retreat. Yeah. So that's part of the training. Um, then teaching the classes. I have a mentor from BSR. So she watches me teach the classes. They're eight-week classes. Um, and then just a ton of other different teacher training. So I trained with um, Jennifer Wright, who works for Real Human Performance here in Cincinnati. I did her mindful yoga therapy for veterans. So I did that teacher training. Oh, cool. I've done some character strengths training with um, VIA Institute here in Cincinnati. So they're all about positive psychology and learning mm. our strengths. Um, What's positive psychology? Yeah. So it's the study of human flourishing. So that sounds really nice. Yeah. These guys, yeah. <laughs> these guys, Martin Siegelman and some other guys were like, hey, all we do in psychology is talk about dark stuff. What about how we can help people thrive? Mm. So they created this field to do that, but their ultimate goal was to eventually merge it with the field of psychology. So eventually the field of psychology incorporates both ends of the spectrum. So yes, how we can thrive, but also mental illness and how we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. We probably should have covered this very early on, but how do you define mindfulness? What is mindfulness? Great question. So mindfulness is simply being in the present moment. And you can look up John Kabat-Zinn's definition, which is being in the present moment with non-judgment. Um, with oh, the- that's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So being, Especially right now. It's being here with whatever is happening and not fighting it. Like, this is our reality. And of course, we can wish for a different reality in the future. But also, this is our reality. So being mindful of that and it's welcoming whatever human experience is is coming up. So, okay, there's anxiety. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to sit with it. I'm pulling up my, uh, my phone right now to look at, okay. So I've been listening to Harry Potter on audible. It has been the biggest form of self-care that I can give myself right now. I wake up in the morning, excited to, to listen again. And, and and I was a huge Harry Potter fan when I was young, like huge, went to all the midnight showings. I actually had the audiobooks on cassette tape. Love it. Cassette. And I think it's because like my uncle got them on sale at Sam's Club, like the very last yeah. in the back. It was like, yeah. The last tape. cassette tape I remember having is the Wallflowers cassette tape. Did you ever have that? No. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. But anyway, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Harry Potter Audible. I, I seriously highly recommend to anyone that's like because I'm not a TV watcher yeah like I can't I mean I can like I just don't love to do it so like this is something that I can be entertained but I can be doing other things while I'm listening anyways okay so I I wrote down this quote because I just finished uh the goblet of fire today and I'm starting I started the order of the phoenix but uh so it's like the part where like Voldemort's back some people believe some people don't Mm. and Hagrid is like talking to Harry and Harry's obviously like very stressed out and anxious about the return of Voldemort who wouldn't be and 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 Hagrid says what will come will come and we'll meet it when it does and it was just like this like perfect I was like walking around OTR when I listened to that and I was like yes Hagrid and this is the other thing like these fucking books have such amazing parallels to us like especially what we're going like as a human race what we're going through right now yeah so it's really beautiful. And, and we're not good at acceptance. I love that quote. 
And that's, yeah. that's mindfulness in a nutshell. Like, yeah, this is what's happening. Let's ride the wave. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, I'm trying, it's difficult because it's painful right now. It's, there's uncertainty, there's, it's unknown. It's a struggle for sure. But then it's like, what, but then what's the alternative? You're yeah. just thinking in the future and it's not real. The future's not real. Yeah. And that causes more anxiety. For sure. There's actually interesting research that even if people are daydreaming about something pleasant, they're less happy long-term than if they just stay in the present moment. So even if through the next two months, you're like, I'm denying reality, I'm going to sit in my room and drink wine and daydream about being in Cabo, mm -hmm. long-term, you'll hold on subconsciously to that trauma that you're experiencing for two months and it'll come up later. Right. So it's better to just be in the present moment and long-term that will help you. So how do we be in the present moment? So you retrain your brain because we've trained our brain to not be in the present moment. Yeah. We've trained our brain to multitask and we've trained our brain to think about the future nonstop or ruminate in the past. So for example, if you ever lose your keys or where the fuck did I put fill in the blank, that's yeah, the so opposite of mindfulness. If you ever drive to work and forget how you drove there, opposite of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the easiest way to bring your attention back into the present moment is through mindfulness meditation. And all you have to do to do that is choose one thing to focus on. So it can be the breath. We choose that most frequently because it's always with us. Mm -hmm. It can be any one thing. So just choose one thing that's happening in the present moment. Focus on that. Mm -hmm. And then notice when your mind wanders and come back. And your mind will wander. Every single time it will wander because we're human. Yeah. Notice, come back. Notice, come back. And that retrains the brain to focus on the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking of there's so many people in this particular situation that are really worried, right, about the future of their jobs. You know, yep. they might not have jobs right now or they may have jobs, but they're on the verge of losing them. And there's this, well, what do I do? Do I stay on unemployment? Do I find a new job? And like, it, it's so much forward future thinking. And, and obviously that's not necessarily a bad thing to be like, thinking and planning for the future, but it can, it's, I see it in people that it's causing so much distress. So to that, would you say like, okay, like, yeah. And I'm not going to ignore that. That's really right. Shit, right. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So there's seven attitudes of mindfulness and one of them is non-striving. And the mm. concept of that is to acknowledge, yes, here are my goals. Okay. So spending a dedicated amount of time each day thinking about, okay, let me research unemployment. What are yeah. my options? Yeah. How do I do this? What are the next steps, right? Yep. And then letting that rest for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Because if you constantly live in that imaginary future that you're not at yet, it's only going to create so much anxiety in your body that you will never be able to calm down and face what's coming next, right? Yeah. So right. spend time, dedicate that to what's coming next, and then try and live in the present moment as hard yeah. as that might be. Right, right. And then th you have those techniques to kind of bring you back. I, yeah. I, I, I love the the thought or uh, the mantra, whatever it is that you would call it, of just being, of saying like, I I'm safe right here. I'm safe. I'm like, here. So other yeah. ones, inhale, I'm safe. Exhale, I'm here. Um, mm -hmm. Other good practices, I've been forcing my husband to do this when we go for a walk. Name 10 things that you see that you have noticed, have not noticed before. Um, 
oh, that's good. Yeah, go for a walk or in any moment, what are five things I see? What are four things I hear? Three things I smell, two things I feel, one thing I taste. Yeah, yeah. Brings you back into the present moment. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So what does your, what does the work that you do look like now, like in practice? You know, we talked about you working with veterans and families and corporations and football teams, you know. Yeah. So um, back to like where we started, I went to that coach's clinic and Marvin Lewis happened to be in the crowd. He came up to me, talked to me. I didn't know who he was at the time. He said, can you work with my team? And I said, which high school? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And... (laughs) He said, well, the Bengals. So I worked with them for a few years with Jen Wright as my business partner at the time. Mm-hmm. And then um, Hugh Jackson blew us up to the rounds for a season, came back, ended up quitting my nine to five because this expanded. I partnered with my current business partner, Dr. Sean Cotton, who runs the Integrative Center at the University of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a PhD in psychology. So she does all of our research. So we've created, we actually spent a year researching nationally different corporate mindfulness programs Mm -hmm. and what worked, what didn't work. We talked to Google, Aetna, all those companies, created our own programming based on that. And we work with different corporations across the city and perhaps beyond eventually to Mm -hmm. do four, six and eight week courses. Got it. Um, And then Sean and her team measure pre and post data so we can actually show teams, hey, here's the shift in stress from taking this course to after taking this course. Here's the shift in resiliency and grit, et cetera. Yeah. And that, I think that's the most important thing because people, we're getting better. Culturally, we're getting better. We're coming around. But you hear like meditation, you're like, how is sitting quiet going to help me not, you know? scream at my children or yell at my partner or get emotional on a work call. You know, I they think people are, it's difficult to see that correlation, mm-hmm. but then when you have the data, then that's perfect. It's like, you can't ignore that. Exactly. And I love Dan Harris, who spoke, I'm forgetting right now, but he wrote a book about meditation, 10% happier. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says that, you know, in the seventies, if people were jogging, other people would say, what are you running from? Mm. And then we were able to correlate working out physical activity with better heart health, better all blah, blah, blah. And he thinks that's the same thing that will happen with meditation. So right Mm. now, some people are like, what are you doing? That's woohoo. But the more evidence and science we have behind it, the more people will get on board with practicing it. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do you say or or what advice do you have for people that are like, this is so difficult for me? Like it's hard for me to form a habit of doing it Mm -hmm. or it's hard for me like just to sit for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is. Yeah. How do I, how do they kind of tackle that? So this is my favorite study ever done. And it was a hundred people or sorry, a hundred men, a hundred women. And they put them in a room for 15 minutes by themselves with Mm -hmm. no cell phone, no technology. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can choose to sit there for 15 minutes or you can choose mm-hmm. to shock yourself, but you don't know how painful the shock's going to be. <laughs> I would hundred percent choose to sit there. 67% of men and 25% of women chose to shock themselves mm-hmm. as opposed that, to sit by themselves in silence for 15 minutes. That's crazy. It's crazy. And I always share that to say, this is difficult Please mm-hmm. give yourself grace. We are not mm-hmm. used to doing this as humans. It is okay for it to be difficult. And please start with just 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Don't go home and start with 20 minutes. It's not mm-hmm. going to work. Yeah. Start with 60 seconds. 
find a consistent time and place that you can do that and just do 60 seconds for two weeks and make it yeah. start to make it a daily habit and then maybe go up to two minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So, so many people say, well, I'm going to start with 10 or 20 minutes because that's what research tells me that I should do. It'll suck and you'll quit, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So start yeah. with small bites, know that it's hard, give yourself grace, and then write down your why. So look at some of the research that's out there, increased focus, concentration, empathy, all of those things, and decide why you want to practice and your desired outcome. And every time you don't want to practice, remember why you're doing this. And that will help you say, okay, I'm going to sit down and do this. Yeah. I've had meditation practices before when it's like, if I make a goal of like, okay, I'm going to do it for 30 days. Well, then I do it because I do what I say I'm going to do, but it's never like stuck. Or if, if I'm like at my, the end of my rope, I'm in this burnout stage. I'm like on the, my last leg where I'm like, okay, you have to go breathe for five minutes or like you have, you know, mm-hmm. it, not that it's just part of my daily routine. I have a hard time making it stick, but I think maybe I need to do like the consistent time. Again, you better start building your parachute before you need it. I mean, I know. And I know. It's really My hard. Wife. And we as a society yeah. don't invest in prevention. We don't invest time and we don't invest money in prevention. As a society, we invest in treatment and sick care. And that goes across the board for physical and mental health. So we're not used to doing this, right? Yeah. But but I think of myself, like I schedule my workouts every day. I don't miss a workout but I can't take five minutes. And, it, and it's not that it, it's, I just, I'm, I need to like understand myself. I need to like do some self-reflection to figure out why I'm, and what are your it's not difficult you know? for me. Like, it's not, it's not hard for me to do. Like, I don't dread it. I don't, I don't particularly even feel like it's uncomfortable. I think like after the first two minutes, I'm I don't know. I think it's this thought of like, well, I don't know if it's like really going to do anything mm. or like, I haven't felt maybe like, you know, you get done with the great workout, you feel really good. Or you know mm. that, or, or like when it's happening, that's like a nice distraction or, or whatever it is that I don't have this like immediate good feeling after. But that's not even true either because I have had that feeling of like being so worked up. My heart is racing and I take five to 10 minutes. And after I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you just need to like, I don't know, hold on to that feeling or something. Yeah. And I think like asking yourself, what are your motivators? And then finding, which I can help you with, finding research articles to support that this will help you reach those outcomes. And then maybe reminding yourself of that. I also think, though, when people are in complete burnout and high stress, I don't recommend meditation in that moment. I recommend deep breathing. Mm, So to me, mindfulness is this consistent practice we do every day to rewire our brain. Breath techniques are what we do in acute times of stress. Yeah. Okay. So if you're like today when I was getting ready so quickly and I was sweating profusely Mm -hmm. from my blow dryer and my straightener and my hot shower and it's 75 degrees outside. And I was like on the verge of just screaming and crying Mm -hmm. for no reason. Yeah. For no reason. Cause I felt rushed. Yeah. Like in that moment, I need to take some fucking deep breaths. Yeah. Notice. This is how I'm feeling. Accept it, which is mindfulness. Mm. The awareness and acceptance, that's mindfulness. And then I'm going to do some deep breathing to release this. So I'm going to inhale through my nose and exhale through my mouth and imagine releasing this, right? That's like, I get so, I get so resistant. Why? I like, I I don't like, I get so resistant to the thing that I know that's going to help. 
Yeah, why did that you moment? That's so interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. So play with I, that. I, it's, curious. Yeah, I mean, it feels like I think that maybe it's that I think that like I'm gonna be able to have control over it. Like, no, I can keep like it's I can keep going. Like, just get it done, get it done, get it done. Like that kind of mentality, mm -hmm. rather than just kind of like surrendering, surrendering to like, okay, no, maybe you are gonna be late, <laughs> or like you know, this is kind of out of your control. I don't know. Or maybe these things can't help me. I think in our society, we view going, going, going as masculine. And we view stopping, slowing down as feminine. And mm. the latter has been viewed negatively for many, many years. So the idea that we need rest was once viewed as lazy. We now know from science that if we don't rest, we'll burn out. Yeah, for sure. So we do have to take those pauses. And it's not a bad thing. It's actually a smart thing. It is yeah. having control. No, I know. I know. So I'm fucked up, Mayor. I don't know what to tell you. You're not fucked up. You're human. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have all day long. <laughs> right. No, no, I know. I know. But that, but that is something that I, I am curious about myself. It's like in the moments where I know the like breathing will help me the most, I, I know it comes up is, is the, where I'm the most resistant to it. And I don't, I don't think that's abnormal. Yeah, um, probably not. At all. I hear that a yeah. lot. And then sometimes it's just like self-control and willpower, which are right. fucking hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, I really want to talk about what you're doing right now for the teenage girls. Yes. So, okay, so yeah. So I run the UC Corporate Mindfulness Program. Yeah. And then I have my own individual clients and different programming I do in the community. And one of those programs is in partnership with Ashley Solomon. Who's yeah, amazing. former past guest. Yes, yeah. amazing. Love her. And so we've created, um, well, we were creating a longer program for teenage girls mm -hmm. on resiliency and different skill sets they can use to really thrive and mm -hmm. figure out, okay, if I learn these skill sets now, I won't burn out in my 30s when I'm a doctor or a mom or whatever mm -hmm. I'm doing. Um, but then with COVID, we decided to quickly pivot and we created a four-week program for the same group of girls um, to work with some topics like fear and uncertainty, grief of loss over future experiences, um, how to maintain focus and productivity amongst the chaos that's happening. Yeah. I was reading some of these things. It's like the, you know, fearful of your own health or someone that you know health, like the unknown, all these things. I was like, these are super important for teenage girls, but yeah. also I would argue super important for everyone in this moment. Yeah. Why did you pick teenage girls? Well, so actually those same topics, we have a six week program through UC for corporations right now um, relating to those same exact topics. Yeah. And then also with this teenage girls, which has always been a passion of mine. I mean, I had undiagnosed anxiety similar to you all the time growing up. Mm -hmm. And I just wish I had known these techniques. So I have a yeah. passion for that population. Yeah. Because it was just a shit time in my life. Like, honestly. And I had great friends and there was great things that happened. But mm -hmm. in general, I think if I had known these techniques, I would have been so much happier and healthier. Yeah. And so I want to teach them to girls in that age group. Yeah, it is super important for sure. Yeah. It's very yeah. formative years, definitely. And I think, yeah, I do. Yeah. So what like are some of your personal practices that you have in place? 
Yeah. To help you keep up with everything that you're doing. You're doing a lot. You just talked about you have like five businesses. I like 17 jobs. Yeah. 17 Um, jobs. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I meditate at least 20 minutes a day. Mm. And what does that look like for you? So I like to do it in the morning, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen. So I find 20 minutes and I sit in my office, which is over there and um, sit in a cushion and Mm -hmm just sit in silence. So silence. Okay. Yeah. And I think for beginners, guided meditation is best. Yeah. I've been I like a guided meditation for 15 years now. So yeah. for me, yeah. I like silence. Mm-hmm. Um, I check in with my body, my emotions, my breath, and then I just sit and either watch my breath and use an anchor or just watch what arises. Mm. Um, my, I've talked about this before, but my husband Ryan has a super, super consistent meditation practices. Like he meditates every single day and he uses an M wave. Mm-hmm. So it attaches to his earlobe. It connects to his phone and he can watch on a screen or like a dot moving back and forth. That's like a measured breath. And mm-hmm. you can see the variability of his heart rate. And then it will kind of like spit out a score at the end. Like how long were you in the green zone or how long, you know, mm-hmm. measured your a slowed heart rate and like even breath. And so he was like, you know, try this. Maybe this is going to help you. Yeah. And he loves it because he's very competitive and he likes to see data points. And he likes to see that he's improving on something. And I tried it and it, I felt it was really distracting for me. Yeah. Like it was not, and it just wasn't my way to do it. But for him, that's literally what's kept him meditating every single day for, you know, well over a year. He does not miss a meditation. But for me, I was like, it's not, I I, I like a guided, like where I am right now, I like a guided mm-hmm. practice that kind of gets me going. And obviously there's like long moments of silence. But that there's just like, you know, that little gentle reminder of like bringing it back or well, I think whatever it's the same it is. Thing as an Apple Watch. Some people love to work out with an Apple Watch and some people mm-hmm. hate it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think yeah. so there's also an interesting distinction between relaxation practices and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So the purpose of, well, I would say the goal of mindfulness is to simply sit and notice what is and watch the thoughts as they come and then redirect your attention back to the breath. And it's not to stop the thoughts. It's just to be. Sometimes that practice isn't pleasant. The purpose of relaxation practices is to relax. So Mm. if you're super stressed, I default to that. So I meditate every day, but then if I'm having a really bad day, I'll do a guided relaxation practice where I can completely Mm. check out and listen to that practice, relax my body. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I wanted to kind of backtrack a little bit and talk about like, what did the, your work look like with the athletic teams? Yeah. So this is interesting. I wish they would have given me more time. Marvin, (laughs) if you're listening to what the fit. I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Who isn't? isn't. Um, But they did give us a lot of time in NFL currency. So we got 15 minutes every Friday, which was their regen day. And we did a presentation. What's a regen? Regen day. So it was, they would do like a light walkthrough. They do a team meeting and then they get to put like their Norma Tech boots on and do some light stretching. So, okay. Kind of like a recovery. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, like, you'd have a game on Sunday, a little bit rest on Monday, and then like ramp up and then ramp back down for the game on Sunday kind of thing. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, So, you got 15 minutes a week with them. Yeah. Well, so in front of the whole team. 
and okay. studio presentation and all the coaches. So it was like a one room schoolhouse, which also was hard. So it's like 160 people in this room, all the coaches, all the players. Yep. Yep. Um, and there were a few that always just weren't focused. Yeah, of course. <laughs> You're a Bengals fan. I'm sure you can guess who. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in the afternoon, we had optional sessions. So players that were super interested could drop in and do like 20 minute sessions with us. And that's where players like Michael Johnson were really interested. And um, some of the more high achieving players who really wanted to use this as a competitive edge, which it can be, um, would come and work with us one on one. And mm -hmm. that's where I really enjoyed it because I got to yeah. know them on a personal level and really help them and say, okay, this is what you're doing on the field. How can we cater this? How can we support this? Okay, here's what here's what Brath to do in this situation and scenario. Mm. Because we created over the course of a season a playbook. And there was different scenarios and guided audio recordings. So it would say after the game, um, warm up, I'm really angry. And so oh. they could go onto their Apple iPad and click on it and say, I'm really angry. And they could listen to that two minute practice. Oh my gosh. Okay. I need this. <laughs> While you were talking about this though, it really got me thinking, which obviously this is your business. So you've already thought about this, but I'm, you're smarter than me, but like, like we need fitness trainers and we need nutritionists and all these things. Like I can't, I'm not an, an expert in this field. And I just feel like it, as I'm thinking, I know the benefit of having a practice, but I feel like I just, like, I, I need like a guy, I want like a playbook, you know, or I want to be like, okay, here's this like six week thing that's going to help me form a habit, or it's going to help me kind of open up the curiosity of why I'm resistant to, to where I'm resistant. And to have the, you know, recordings or whatever it is, like, I'm just like, this might be that might be right the, the path I need to take. If like, it's not sticking with me just trying to do this by myself, that maybe I need a coach. Yeah, hundred percent. And I actually love working with individual clients because I can tailor the content to whatever they're yeah. looking for. Because honestly, there's so many techniques out there. Like right. even what we can do with our breath alone is amazing. So, so what are a couple of breath techniques, like examples? So I can teach you what to do in high altitude. I can teach mm. you breath techniques to increase energy, decrease energy, calm the nervous system. So there's so many different scenarios. When you're angry, when you're sad, what should we do? You can use yeah. the breath to control so many different things. I mean, yeah, you can, you can, Wim Hof tells, you can use Wim the breath Hof. to like yeah. sit in freezing cold water for 25 hours. You can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm not trained in the Wim Hof method, but I'm very intrigued. And I know your husband does it. So I need to yes. learn more. But yes, he does. Talk to him about it. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. I mean, there's breath for focus. So there's so many mm. things that you can use the breath for. That's why it's fun to work with individuals because I can really like, tailor yeah. the content to what yeah. they want to learn. That makes sense. Do you take individual clients? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can reach out if you're interested. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And yeah, so I can tailor the content to like what they're looking for. If people are interested in learning more, do you have like some resources where they can kind of dip their toe in first to say like, okay, is it a coach that I need or mm. is it a, an online program or? Yeah, um, I think Greater Good Science Center is really good. Mm. Greater Good Science Center in Action is a great website. And I, I've met a lot of the people that work there and they're great. Um, UMass has a lot of information on mindfulness. So if you want more mm. information specifically on that, I would head there. Um, there's tons of apps you can use. 
And I think those are great if you're self-motivated and you're in a good place to know exactly what kind of app you're looking for because mm. there are so many different options out there. Um, yeah. I used, I've used Headspace a lot, yeah. which I really like. Mm-hmm. I really, I really like Headspace and they might be doing a special right now for like what's going on. I, th- I think that they are. Yeah. I think they are too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah, that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, insight timer is a great place to start. If you want to start on your own, I, love I have insight timer. Yeah. Yeah. I like the options there. We can be like, okay, I want five minutes or I want guided or mm-hmm. I want morning peace or whatever it is. There's like a ton of different drill down options. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, like nothing I'm teaching is new information. We all yeah. w- were born knowing how to do this, but we forgot how, because society yeah. has trained it out of us. So at the end of the day, it's all about you finding the right fit. If that's an app, if that's a coach, if that's a class, mm-hmm. um, it's going to look different for everyone, but you know how to do the things. It's just yeah. remembering how to do the things. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So I want to talk a little bit about, you had asked me this question a couple of weeks ago about like, what did, what would you say? You asked like, what have you learned from the current like COVID crisis. And, I, and and when you first said that, I was like, I don't know. I haven't had time to like process that yet. But you're like, no, what I mean is like, what's kind of come up during this time that's like an alarm bell, of, like, oh, we as a society are this way. Mm. How did you answer? I forget. I really loved your answer though. I think that you said that, that we, oh, that we're an anxious society. That everyone's yeah. anxious. Yeah, yeah, we are. Which is totally coming out. It, it, it's, I think we already knew that though, right? That's not new information, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But to see now, like on the internet, on Instagram, all the memes that are just like, well, we just like need to be drinking or like yeah. just like grab your wine or like, yeah. do this workout. And it's like, it's just, it's so much. And I saw in early on days, we've talked about this of, like, of course, we had Americans, right, turn this crisis into, like, well, how can we do more? Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Wait, no, we're just, that's the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. And, like, that collective feeling of needing to do mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm. I think, is the thing that has come through the most for me. For sure. And so I'm trained in this program for mindful eating through mm. um, and Brewer, who's great. So actually, if you want a book, The Craving Mind is so fast. The Craving Mind. I'm yeah. going to write it down. He's an addiction psychiatrist who specializes in mindfulness. And the book's all about all kinds of addictions. So yes, substances, but also phones, you know, technology, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he talks about, and I love this principle that nothing's a bad thing to do necessarily, right? So if mm-hmm. I want to eat a chocolate cake, if I want to have wine, if I want to do the things, sure. if I want to work out five times, right? Those aren't bad things. We just want to make sure we're doing that from a conscious perspective, not a- or like the, in, the intention behind it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where yeah. mindfulness helps. So yeah, I'm going to have this glass of wine because it's 7.30 at night and I want to relax and this feels good and I'm with my husband and great. Not like I'm drinking this bottle of wine to numb myself from the reality that is this quarantine. There's a difference yeah. there. Totally. Yeah. Totally a difference. Yeah. But I do think yeah, you're so right about the addiction to doing. I know. And I've I've had this, which I'm sure people have got to relate to this. So I'm already thinking about 
okay, this is going to end. When it's going to end, we don't know. And then we have to adjust to an, the life that maybe that we had before, maybe it's somewhat different, whatever it is. But like, this also isn't going to be the state of being. There's going to be another adaptation that we're going to have to make. Or just like imagine people that aren't working to go back to a schedule. Like that's going to be difficult, even though it's something that you want, right? You want to have a job. You want to have a purpose. You want to be, we want to be going places again. But then that comes with this whole new set of adaptations that we're going to have to make. And just that, like my, my conflict is coming from this place of I'm mad that I have a limitation on what I can do and who I can see and that my old way of life is interrupted but but also this sense of like oh my god but like i i'm the calmest i've been in a while in terms of like my schedule is like i'm working a 40 hour week which is what i wanted right you know? yeah like, yeah like i'm i'm getting at least 8 hours of sleep a night yeah. every night mm -hmm. yeah so i'm like this this feeling of i know it's incredibly stressful for people and super challenging and a lot of people are putting themselves at, at risk to help other people. Like I'm super thankful for all of that and acknowledge that it's tough, but then, and it's tough for me too. And there's times when I'm very depressed and don't have a lot of hope. And there are times where I'm like, if I'm going to be honest with myself, it's kind of nice. Right. Yeah. And, and that's allowed. And I think we're allowed to have all the feelings about this on a spectrum. Right. right. And you're allowed to feel two different opposing feelings at the same time. at one time. Yes. Yes. And I think as we transition back to whatever the new quote unquote normal looks like, we should allow ourselves to have all the feelings you want to have mm -hmm. and process through that because mm -hmm. this isn't, this is unique to our time, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't experienced something like this and there's going to be shifts. So it's just about accepting that and allowing yeah. ourselves to feel what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love all the messaging and the more messaging that we can put out about this, the better I think in my mind is that you don't have to learn anything from this. You right. don't have to come out of it a better person. You don't have, you don't have to have picked up a new skill. It, it like, and it, I relate this so much back to grief too, of like, there didn't have to be a reason that this, a terrible thing happened. No. Like there didn't have to be, there's not a, there doesn't have to be a silver lining to any of it. Like it just happened. I know. Contrary, just happening through it. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I fucking hate the phrase "everything happens for a reason." I've told you this before. Like it's no, it's bullshit. I I more so believe what happens happens. Okay. Right. And everything happens. Yes. That's it happens. Period. <laughs> so here we are. Nothing now after it. It. Yeah. 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 And it's the same yeah. now. Like it didn't happen for a reason. It happened because it happened. And okay, mm -hmm. what are we gonna do with that? Yeah. And, and, but I do on the flip side of it, I understand why that's such a popular sentiment mm. or why people feel the need to like justify something or that they like, they want to make this terrible, difficult, tragic situation. Like they want to turn it in and to see like a lighter positive note. I get it. I, mean, I understand. This happened. And also I learned from it or you can say yeah, it happened and I didn't. Right. Yeah. And either way is fine. Yeah. Exactly. And you shouldn't feel guilty about mm -hmm. either one. Agreed. But I, but I feel like I, before my brother died, especially like I, I kind of grew up thinking, you know, that was what you did. If something bad happened, we'll like find the positive in it or like turn it around or like make it a better situation. It's like, well, 
then that just puts a lot of pressure on yourself. And then what if you fail at that? Then you did something wrong? Right, exactly. And I think it's really hard to have people in your life that are like that because yeah. then you're not allowed to be upset about things, right? If they're oh, yeah, I was... trying to force you to find the positive. Oh, yeah. No, I was never allowed to be upset. Yeah, I think that's yeah. really hard. And yeah. we don't want to sit with those feelings for too long, right? Right, right. We need to shift out of that at some point, but it's also really important to acknowledge those are the feelings we're having. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So before we get to the final question, which you have answered now a couple of times, but I'm still going to ask you. one of uh, Another question that I have been wanting to incorporate into the, the podcast and especially in this uh, unique time is the question of what are you proud of this week? I am like, I'm so proud of my innovation. Um, mm. And I had so many clients lined up over the next three months that I was really excited for. Yeah. Big clients that I'd booked and yeah, with everything that's happened, a lot were questioning canceling. And mm. I think I've done a really good job of rapid rapid cycle changing to say, okay, here's how we can address exactly what's happening now. Here's how we're going to bring it online. And yeah. like, don't cancel now. This right. is not the time to cancel this mindfulness right. training and practice. Like I ordered all the things. I have the lighting. I have the mic. So just acting on my feet quickly is what I'm proud yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. Um, I'm proud of this practice that I did this week of voicing fears. Mm. So like saying out loud and asking people that I love what they're afraid of. And then in return, like telling them what I'm afraid of. Um, And just like the act of saying out loud, like I'm afraid I could get sick. I'm afraid my loved ones could get sick. I'm afraid this is an economic crisis that's going to take a long time to come back from. I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to go on my vacation later. Like whatever it is, like just like, I did a practice of like setting a timer and Mm. just like saying what I'm afraid of. And then the person, you know, receiving those, that feedback and those fears from you would, you know, whenever you stop and you say, thank you, what else are you afraid of? Mm. Like until the timer's up. And so it's just kind of like acknowledging, like holding space for someone else to just like give a space for like, we're just going to say it. And it doesn't mean that, you know, when you're over that you're no longer afraid, but I do feel a release of it, mm. of just merely saying it out loud. Yes. I love of, that. And, you know, at first it, it's kind of awkward and, and that's where it's helpful when, you know, the person that you're telling your fears to, when you stop talking for them to say, thank you, what else are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. And then it gives you a chance to, okay, well then I'm on my, my second round or whatever. So I, I think we might've done like, I think it might've just been a minute, a minute each. Um, and it was good. It was, it was, it was difficult at first and it felt kind of awkward at first, but the after effect was like, Oh, I feel lighter. And again, it doesn't, those fear, doesn't mean that those fears are gone, but just that you can, you know, put them out was helpful. And it feels so good to say fears out loud to someone. Yeah. Like whenever I'm in my head about something and I can't stop thinking about it and then I finally say it to someone, I'm like, oh, that feels just so good to say it it out loud. It does. What is that? Like what actually is that about humans that we need to like get that out of our interior space? Yeah. And especially when the person's like, oh yeah. And they like normatize it. I'm like, oh, or normalize it. I'm like, thank you. Okay. That is normal. Okay. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. And part of the exercise too, though, is that whoever's listening, all they can say is, 
thank you. What else are you afraid of? They can't try to make you feel better. They can't try to, you know, push the fears away or they can't like get a rebuttal to something like that's not what this is. You are literally a container for them to dump their fears in. Mm. I love that. So yeah, it was good. But okay, Mayor, what does being fit mean to you? <laughs> You've got to have this like memorized by now, right? What is- <laughs> oh, it means being on this podcast. <laughs> oh God, I appreciate all of our technical difficulties during this too. This is fun though. Being fit, what it means to me. I mean, it's holistic health to me. So it's yeah. all aspects of health, spiritual, mental, physical, Um. And incorporating daily practices that bolster all those aspects. Prevention. What is it? Build the parachute before you need it. I really like that. Yeah. Build the parachute before you need it. Prevention. Promotion. What can we do every day to take care of ourselves? What does that look like? And it might shift every day. Right. Harry Potter is taking care of me right now. That's right. Yeah. Speaking my fears out loud. Thank you so much. This is great, really helpful, really good stuff. Where can people follow you? Where can they learn more? Contact you if they're interested. So you can follow me on Instagram, my new Instagram. I finally got on social with this work. Mm-hmm. It's Meriden, M-E-R-I-D-E-N-M-W-B, which stands for mental well-being. And then through Instagram, you can click on the link in my bio and you can click on all different kinds of links. So you'll find the Mind Thrive course there, which I'm doing with Ashley Sullivan. And then you'll also find um, a link to the University of Cincinnati Center for Integrative Health and Wellness and all of our corporate mindfulness awesome. work. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Chris. This was great. I feel so much better now just talking to you. The, the, the start of the podcast versus the end of the podcast, which I this is the other part of it. It's like, I know I'll feel better after, mm-hmm. you know, or like I know that... Th- what's on the other side of before the frantic or after the franticness is, is wonderful. Yeah. Just forget every time I forget. The more you practice, the less you'll forget. I know. I know listeners. Thank you so much for following along. I hope everyone's hanging in there. Stay safe, stay at home, be, keep your safe social distances, but keep listening to what the fit hashtag your walks with hashtag what the fit walk go outside listen to the pod share it i appreciate it and i appreciate you have a good one